and a good day to you and welcome to the Ombra Gaming Podcast episode 19. We're one away from 20 and that's exciting. I'm one of your hosts Manny and as always I'm here with some of the funnest guys this side of the Mississippi. <laughs> Matt and Steve what's going on? We're all on the same side of the Mississippi too which is a plus. We are all on the same side of that river. Yeah, that's why I said this side. Exactly. I was going to say that it it solidifies that. It gives you complete credibility because you know we're all on the same side. I can see you guys on this side. You're just a little ways that way. Well, I'm glad you're both here with me. Matt, you've been missed. Uh, I'd like to also let all, all of our listeners know that we were, in fact, lying. Matt did not die. He's here with us today. So we're, we're, we're glad you're alive and well. So Welcome many people messaged show. me asking about my well-being well you're here mm-hmm. you know no nobody messaged me nobody asked well, <laughs> i'm not surprised let's get on with the show folks as always we have some exciting things to talk about today we're going to kick it back to past the sticks which i feel like we haven't played in a while and i'm excited to get back into it but we've been playing some new games so we'll talk about that uh and then we're going to talk about what are some of our favorite side characters in video games are so not necessarily sidekicks but just you know, the supporting characters that maybe didn't get as much love as they should have in the games that we have played. And then we'll uh, cover patch notes for today, and we'll end it with some community stuff, as always. But before we get to any of that, let's keep the house. First up on housekeeping, follow us on social media, please. We are at Ombra underscore gaming on Twitter and at Ombra Gaming on Instagram. Uh, we also have a Discord. I talk about it a lot because it's awesome. You can find our Discord invite link on our Twitter bio, so check it out there. Join us. Just good folks talking about yeah. good so games. many good discussions on Discord. There have been a lot of really good discussions, yes. We had a good one on uh, movie and film adaptations of video games the other day. Yep. That was a yep. good one. Yes, and uh, didn't you uh, write an article about The Witcher going to Netflix? Man, people should check that out on Obergaming.com. Oh, yeah, they should. What a great website. They definitely should. So go check out our website. We'll just plug we'll plug it. <laughs> plug it in. We'll plug it. Go to ombergaming.com and check out Matt's most recent article on The Witcher coming to Netflix. Check out our podcast, etc. This is our podcast. You said check out our podcast. But if they're listening to this, then they're already checking out our podcast because they're yeah, listening right. to it right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have a phone number where you can call us and leave us a message and let us know what you think about the podcast, our articles, or if you just want to share your thoughts, I'll give you that number now. And that number is... 1-800-PIZZA. (laughs) 347-509-5620. So give us a call. Share your thoughts. Don't call us if you're racist. But if you're not, you might be featured in an article or on the podcast. We do have a voicemail we want to share today, but... We're going to get to that a little bit later. Next up on Housekeeping, if you are as enthused about the release of Far Cry 5 as I am and as Steve is, join us on some fucking date in March. March What's 30th. Join us on March 30th. That's when I'm moving. Looks like you won't be able to join us because uh, I'm not going to be helping you. I got a thing <laughs> going on. But yeah, Far Cry 5, March 30th. And I think we're doing a giveaway, Manny. Is that correct? Indeed we are. So if you join us on twitch.tv slash Ombra underscore gaming, you can check out our nice long stream of Far Cry 5, and you can be entered to win a copy of Far Cry 5 on the platform of your choice. So we're going to do a raffle, and there will be 
a winner out there. Uh, thanks to the folks at Ubisoft for the free code. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> We're buying it. Next up on housekeeping, as always, this episode is brought to you by the fine folks at Insert Coin Clothing. If you want to look good and game great, head over to insertcoinclothing.com and buy some of their rad gaming clothes. Like I always say, I have a lot of their clothes because they make awesome shit. PlayStation socks, they're coming this week, guys. <laughs> My God. Also, for all you Horizon Zero Dawn fans, the game turned one year old today. Obviously, when people listen to this, it'll be a week later. But they have some fantastic Horizon Zero Dawn clothes at insertcoinclothing.com. Check it out. It's true. They have a fantastic Kojima Pro line as well. Except you're unable to buy it because I've already bought all of the articles of clothing. <laughs> so, Do you guys work for Insert Coin Clothing? No, but you know what is almost as good? Getting a 15% off deal through... Homebrew Gaming and Insert Coin Clothing. So go ahead, go to insertcoinclothing.com, put some rad gaming clothes in your shopping cart, and when you go to check out, enter the code OMBRA18IC for an exclusive 15% off your next purchase. And that deal does not apply to items that are already on sale or bundled items. Fucking, isn't that awesome? And that's all I got for housekeeping, folks. Now that the house is nice and clean, let's get on with the show. Did you Lysol the dust? Did I Lysol the dust? Yeah, no, I Lysol the fucking table. That was dusty. You don't Lysol dust. You Lysol tables that are dusty. You don't Lysol well, you, each individual you use dust it to part. get the dust off. So let's kick it off, guys. Let's get into How some much dust do you passing. Have? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Matt, why don't you go first? We missed you so much last week. Kick it off. What have you been playing? So I've been playing League of Legends, and then I've also Steve made me re-download Skyrim and now I've been playing that. I'm a Khajiit heavy armor wearing two-handed mace using You sound like you're upset about that, but you're you're excited to be playing Skyrim again. Yeah, I am. It's fantastic. It's isn't really it? a lot of fun. So what I've done is that I just I just started the game, got through that little intro quest and then I just went, "Well, I'm going to go west on the map." And so I, I just ran west and did everything that popped up on my map. Manifest destiny. <laughs> now I'm in Markarth, and I've done I've done so many quests that I have not done. I, I did one on stream on Monday where I became a cannibal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, that is a fun We all one. get to that point. After, if you're hungry enough, we'll all get there. You know? Eventually, yeah. when the bombs start falling, we'll all have to resort to measures we never thought possible. Mostly eating your relatives. Yeah, so it's been a lot of fun. Usually my playstyle is a stealth archer on like every Elder Scrolls game. So I did something I didn't do, which is like heavy armor fighter. But I think I'm also going to dabble in magic a little bit and see where I go. But I've been having I'm a lot of fun. I'm just picturing you like at uh, like dive bars in New York City wearing a top hat being like, was this your card? And they're like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what? all right, have a good day. Because you said you're going to dabble in magic a little bit. Uh... Jesus. <laughs> It sounded like a life decision you were about to. I'm just going <laughs> to dabble in magic. You just start wearing tiny vests. Okay, well, I have the controller, and I'm going to hand it to Steve. So I finished up Tomb Raider. That was a blast. Really fun story. All the, the, the cutscenes are perfect. Like they, they know how to tell a good story in the cutscenes, and those action scenes where you go from like running away from something chasing you, and then you just have to dive off something and then all of a sudden it jumps right into a cutscene. it's just perfectly timed had a blast with that game i'm, I'm probably going to go back at some point just to finish up all the tombs and stuff 
I was watching uh, your stream of it a couple times, and it almost reminded me of Horizon Zero Dawn. No, I agree. I sort of I, I yeah. believe on the first stream, I was like, this is kind of like a diet Horizon Zero Dawn because Horizon came out mm-hmm. after that and just kind of perfected all the the mechanics yeah. of the of the bow and uh, the roll. Like that was one thing. Lara doesn't roll like Aloy does. She just kind of like scurries on the ground. Oh yeah, which yeah. isn't. I don't know. I, I like the, the roll effective. tactic a little bit better. But I actually loved using the bow in Tomb Raider. Like, I was pretty much exclusively lo- using that unless I got into the, the thick of it and had to actually use, like, the AK or something like that. Um, so that was a blast. But what occupied a bunch of my time is Super Mario Odyssey. I fucking love that game. It's, <laughs> it's so good. so much fun. It's actually like, so good. I still I saw- haven't even touched it. It's so much fun, man. You're going to have a blast. I finished the main story, so now I'm just going back to collect all the moons that I've missed and... The world is just such a blast. It's so easy just to like get lost, like hunting for moons and be like looking like at certain areas. And be like, I think a moon could be over there. Let me try to figure out how to get over there. What's your and, favorite level so far? Ooh, that's a really tough question. I want to say it's gonna be um, towards the end. It's got to be towards the end. Like Bowser's Kingdom was a good time, and then it led into the moon. So I don't. I'm not gonna spoil too much for you guys, but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that happens at the end where you kind of have to put everything you've learned throughout the game together. And uh, <clears throat> some of the bosses you you fought in the earlier game will come back. And it's just the way it kind of builds towards those later missions. Excuse me, those later levels. New Dog City actually was a really fucking fun level. Yeah, I, I had a blast in New Dog City. <laughs> uh, my follow-up question is, have you played it two-player yet? I have not. I'm actually, okay. um, I'm probably going to because I'm, uh, my roommate Cassie, she's a big fan of the old Nintendo games. She has, yeah, like she's got all the old systems, and she just would like play through SNES games and s- shit like that. So when she saw me playing that, she's like, "This looks like so much fun." I was like, "Yeah, anytime you want, you can fire it up." I was like, "There's a two-player element; we should dabble with it." So yeah, I think some weekend when we're we're all in, I'm gonna get her to play a little two-player with me because I do want to I do want to play it. My coworker, her and her boyfriend have it. And she said she loves it. Like, she was having a great time. She's like, this is perfect because I just play the hat and, like, I don't have to pay a, a lot of attention. He's just like, hey, I need you to do this. He's like, oh, now I can play. So she's like, it was yeah, the perfect see, like, game that's for me. Why, that, that's why I'm asking because my girlfriend and I have had a ton of fun with uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And I want to get Odyssey, a big part of why I want to get it. I haven't even bought it yet, but a big part of, well, I was waiting to finish Zelda. But now that I'm done with Zelda, I want to get it in large part because I can play it with my girlfriend and i just don't know if she would be bored waiting for me to be like all right do your hat things no because i do think there are specific things the hat needs to do and you can i think you can make it more two player than it is i, I mean okay, i haven't cool. dabbled it i think because like you you can make the hat like basically set yourself up so you can jump higher and shit if i were you i would just like watch some gameplay on it check out yeah i, I yeah. imagine it's on youtube i've done but, no um, homework on that regard but. but no i definitely think you should spend the money and get it it's it's been such a blast like i oh, i'm so probably because like anytime i just have some downtime or if i'm just like watching something that I just, or I, on the yeah, toilet like, also yeah i've done that it's fantastic i love the switch god damn it fantastic. i love the switch it's so good yeah well that's a that's a good seg- segue if i can take these sticks from you i'd like to expand on how good the switch is i will gladly pass these sticks to you because i want to know they're i don't i think it was matt but there's some grease on the sticks wash your hands next time you hold this but um <laughs> I was recently on a work trip to New York and I didn't really feel, I almost brought my PlayStation, but I didn't really feel like doing that. So I brought the switch. Um, and yeah, man, like it makes a whole train ride go by, you know, it's like a four hour train ride. It makes it go by very quickly. 
um, you know, you pull down the little table, you set it up the screen with the kickstand, and you and you're having a blast. I ended up staying up until about 2 a.m. on Monday night in my hotel, and I finished Breath of the Wild, you know, the campaign, so to speak. Uh, I got to where I needed to get to, and I and I I think everybody knows. Spoiler, if you don't know, Calamity Ganon. He's like, you know, obviously the the big bad guy. Yeah, I finally got to the end, and it was it was great. I do have some thoughts. I'll I won't share all of them for risk of spoiling it for some folks. Um, but I wanted more. I think I just wanted more from it, and I I spaced it out a lot. Like I would play like maybe one or two hours a week, and so and and I got it. I got Zelda when I bought the Switch, like whatever last summer. Um, so it has been a while and I was I'm happy that I got to the end and I enjoyed it but I think I just wanted it to be I don't know I wanted it to be more impactful maybe I think I might get the DLC um a motorcycle sounds kind of rad but we'll see <laughs> also on the switch I've been playing golf story per the request of or per the recommendation of Caleb very fun it's a golf based RPG I suck at real life golf and I think it's kind of boring but this makes it a lot more fun um, you can like level up and there's like a funny story and like the world is very um, irreverent and fun. I really enjoyed that. So I'm probably close to the end. I'm about 10-ish hours in, I would say. Maybe a little bit less. And then uh, Monster Hunter. Oh my goodness. I have played so much of that game. I'm, I think I'm, I'm around like 95 hours. I'm closing in Jeez, on 100 hours. That's amazing. That's insane. Yeah. And I have Manny. thoroughly oh enjoyed it. When did that game come out? January 26th. So in a month, you have put 95 hours into that. That's incredible. Yeah. It's Do an, you it's have a, a job, game. Manny? No, what's that? Is that like a food? Yourself? 95 hours in a month is... That's impressive. Yeah, it ramped up real quick. I was enjoying it in the beginning, and then I had... You know, like I wrote about in my, my article... There's definitely this like conflicting element of like what is this game really about? Once you I don't want to say look past it, but once you yeah, once you look past it, then it just becomes a loot grinding bonanza and it's so fucking fun. There's a lot of systems, but I really like that. Like it really reminds me of my Dark Souls days. I um, your Dark Souls days. Like you like you say those are in the past. <laughs> like they're not in the past. Yeah, so this game I would imagine stole a lot of Destiny Two players. It but stole it's me. Good. I don't even play Monster Hunter World. <laughs> it's it's just a good game. I've been playing a lot with uh, Brian from Sasquatch Armada. Um, oh, I love Brian. It's, it's great. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, so yeah, Monster Hunter has been a blast. I have beaten all the monsters except for one. I, I think I'm I'm waiting on it a little bit because I want it. They've announced that they're releasing new monsters, free DLCs um, throughout the year. And it's great that they're like capitalizing on that because it is Capcom's fastest selling game ever. They're also capitalizing a fuck ton on Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they have like goofy, awesome shit like that. Like you can access, you can make your Palico, which are the little cat friends. Uh, you can make them look like a watcher if you collect the right resources from, you know, from Horizon Zero Dawn. You can get Aloy's costume. One of the costumes it's not even a costume. You just play as Ryu from Street Fighter, which is cool. Does he just karate chop animals? Um, he you use the same weapons you have, but you can Hadouken. Um, <laughs> I would yeah. only I would do a strictly Hadouken round. Yeah, you can actually revert to your old character model, but still do Hadoukens once you obtain that uh, character pack. So, 
yeah, it's just fun. I've, I've really been enjoying it. So I'm looking forward to all the free DLCs and stuff. Um, yeah, man, Monster Hunter World. It's fucking great. And then more recently, GTA Five. Oh, yeah. I need to rectify this because on the last episode, we called out Brian for not getting it. Yeah, you called him a jabroni. I did call him a jabroni. But I would say perhaps he did get it. And maybe it's because he knew he was going to be called a jabroni. That's but true. that means we're going to heist up yeah. Pigeon Boys. Oh, no, it's not Pigeon Boys. It's Yellow Jacket yeah, it's Boys. Y- Yellow Jackets. So, yeah, I'm excited to get into some GTA 5 tonight as well. So We've been playing a lot, guys. We've been doing a lot of, of the video gaming. So that was Pass the Sticks. What have you been playing? Let us know. Tweet at us. Email us. Call us. Find us on Discord. And chat with us about the games that you've been enjoying lately. We'd love to hear from you. Unless you're racist, let's get on with the show. Let's talk about side characters here. So this goes out to all the supporting characters who didn't get enough love in the games that we love. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of our favorite side characters and supporting characters. Um, and then we're going to sort of have a group discussion at the end about what, you know, which of those supporting characters um, would be the best pick for a leading role in a video game. So, uh, yeah, Matt, why don't you kick it off? Sure. So a character that I think is a great supporting character in the three games that he's in and could also do a great job in a standalone game is Garrus Vakarian from the Mass Effect series. He shows up in one. Uh, he's a great character in one, really shines in two as well. Um, he's also in three, but three is like a mm, kind of game. Um, <laughs> it's great for our audio listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but he's he's a Turian, so he's an alien. He's sort of like a bird, avian, man kind of guy. He's got a really cool voice. Um, he's He can be sassy at times and like tell some good sort of pointed jokes at Shepard, who's the main character. He also is... So he worked for CSEC, which I guess is like the police force or FBI of uh, the main hub in the game. He joins... Shepard's team and uh, is just one of the solid, uh, you know, like right hand man of Shepard, depending on how you play through the game. Um, in, in the game that I played, I know in a lot of people's games, he was sort of your right hand man. Um, and he just does a fantastic job of it. I remember watching my old college roommate Ben play through Mass Effect, and I remember Garrus was one of those, um, one of, like basically one of the ones he relied on to do shit in the missions because yeah. there's a lot of like you you need to tell them like you know what they have to do, and you also need to pick the right ones for certain missions. So I remember him going to Garrus a lot. So it seems like he was that's a pretty good choice. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's uh he can be biting when he needs to be in terms of like his tone. He can be uh, he's like a tactical genius in terms of his character. I don't know. He's one of those characters that just makes the main character better, which is what you want out of a supporting character. And in a case when you're playing an RPG where you are the main character, it's like great to have those people around you that just make your experience better. And he's definitely one of those standout characters that does that. Uh, I will go next, if that's cool with you, Steve. Um, so one of my favorite supporting characters in a video game is um, Ashley Graham from Resident Evil 4, the daughter of the president. She So I love Resident Evil, and I love Resident Evil 4 probably the most. I mean, it changed horror, and it 
changed shooters in a lot of ways too but um i that, that was like the first time that i was like oh my god resident evil is going to be a part of my life forever even though i had played previous games so people who are familiar with resident evil 4 will know that ashley graham is completely useless so a little bit of backstory <laughs> she is the daughter of the president and she was kidnapped by jack krauser and then she was used as like a pawn to get the president to do what they wanted um by this like cultist group oh, that was that's turning fun. people into zombies um, but yeah, she's like very, very useless and completely defenseless. And so this is sounds more of like, like a great a... character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this is purely because it's hilarious. This, she really didn't help. There were a couple parts in Resident Evil four where you could play as her. Um, and basically she was the one who like was small enough to fit through the gate and then she would go to the other side and open it. So Leon could come in oh and like God. shoot all the zombies and stuff. There's a couple, <laughs> there's a couple points where, for example, like you're you're turning this crank to open a drawbridge and zombies pick her up and put her on her shoulder and they slowly walk towards the door. And if once they leave, the mission's over and you fail. But um, she just keeps shouting your name as you're like turning and the crank takes a while. And all you have to do is like shoot the zombie. She falls and she like starts to scurry back to where she was and then she'll get picked up again and go. And it just goes back and forth. She's just like a, a side thought that you have to worry about in that mission. And so yeah, I don't know. You can you can direct her. You can like tell her to hide in trash cans while you fight things. And then uh, at the end, she has this like weird moment with. So he he spent. So she's like the reason he was sent to Europe. It was very sort of like cliche. Like you got to go save the president's daughter from from this threat. Go do it and bring her back. And and like Leon Kennedy is like very angsty, and he's like, I just want to get my you know like do my job and get out and similar to solid snake like he makes a lot of obvious observations a surveillance like, camera yeah like same <laughs> shit like uh, a gate and it's like yeah dude it's a gate and it's not even locked open the gate you know um and meanwhile she she's wearing like a uh she has like a tiny plaid skirt and an orange uh, orange sweater tied around her scar her neck and she has like like blonde hair and she's just like totally clueless in the in the plot of the game um and then at the end so like he just spent this whole game saving her life from multiple zombie threats um and like you know spoilers at the end they like fight this huge zombie like spider thing that i think was actually krauser um and then they hop on a jet ski and they're jet skiing through these tunnels and there's all these explosions and like stalactites are falling and all this shit you're you know nothing out of the ordinary you're dodging everything and getting to the end and they shoot out of a hole in the side of a mountain and land in some body of water and they and they both like get you know they fall off the jet ski after they get back on she like hugs she's behind him on the jet ski she hugs him around the the waist and leans in and she's like hey direct quote after we get back to my house maybe we do some overtime overtime and, and leon kennedy literally looks over his shoulder and goes sorry politely declining her invite so he is goes, a lot like Solid Snake, actually, now that exactly. I think about it. Yeah, he's scared by sexuality. And he just turns around and he goes, sorry. That's essentially saying no. And then she's like, well, it doesn't hurt to ask. And it's just like the weirdest interaction I've ever seen. That's an odd interaction, seen. that whole thing. Yeah, it's so weird. Our whole second part of this was like, make a case for why your side character should have their own spinoff. Well, I think there's a case to be made, and I will make it when the time comes. But I think more than anything, this was just like one of the fondest and most hilarious memories i've had of a side character um when did that game come out uh it came out in 2005 i don't know i wonder if that 
if there was any like sexism involved in the development of that character you know but but the thing is like there's other very strong female oh, yeah. characters in the series and even in that game i haven't played the game i'm just saying yeah all right manny so ashley graham sounds like the most useless side character of all time so i'm gonna take the reins and talk about a side character who's fantastic in every sense of the word definitely not useless and could easily have his own game and i'm talking of course about victor sullivan of uncharted fame who who could easily be confused with sully sullenberger the miracle on the hudson I guess because they're they're both named Sully and they have gray hair and a mustache, sure. But only one was played by Tom Hanks in a movie. So Victor Sullivan, rarely is he found without a cigar handy because he's that type of guy. Yeah, even even in like action scenes. He's fantastic. He's always got like the pinky ring and like the, the nice watch. And I love how he's always rocking Tommy Bahama shirts because that's a guy who's like, I've seen it all, so I'm just going to relax in my Tommy Bahama shirt. Look at my mustache. Either that or... Or he's like, hey guys, I just got back from a Jimmy Buffett concert. What's the happening? The reason why I go with Sully, obviously, because of all of these things we just talked about, how awesome he is just as a human being. Like, wouldn't you want to fucking hang out with Sully? And not to mention, he kind of serves as like the moral compass for Nathan Drake on a lot of those missions. In the last game of the series, all right, I guess we have to warn spoilers, perhaps, for all you fucking spoiler jabronis out there. So there might be some spoilers for the Uncharted series, but when Nate marries Elena, Elena kind of becomes his rock. She's basically the thing that makes him not want to do all the crazy shit he does. Whereas Victor Sullivan is more the voice of reason because he's the veteran. He's seen all this shit. He literally taught Nate how to become what he became one of my favorite missions in all of those games is in uncharted 3 drake's deception they do the flashback mission where you're young nathan drake and you're trying to steal the ring of francis drake so victor sullivan i think because um, he teaches nate how to become the treasure hunter that he is obviously nathan drake has that little bit extra that sully never had because sully has those moments where he's like i don't know man i think this sounds like a pretty stupid fucking idea i don't think we should do it and it's like no no it'll be fine it'll be fine and so it's really cool to see how sully's not like somebody who kind of like pushes nate to the edge and like keeps trying to bring him back to that life when clearly elena's like you know i think it's time to settle down nate like we should probably just relax and stop doing these things that potentially will get us all killed because these ideas are the craziest things on the planet let's go hunt for some mythical treasure that probably doesn't exist and we're gonna run into some crazy beasts and somehow you escape by the skin of your teeth so i want victor sullivan and i'll tell you why he deserves his own game in that discussion next well let's go ahead and have it i think the, the reason why i think ashley graham could have her own game uh is she would be the useless side character to one of the one one of your two main game characters so like if i'm imagining a game where where sully is the main character which i think i agree would be a fantastic game she would be the one like kind of bumbling over everything and not because she's a woman it's because of the character that she was designed as like as the president's daughter who you know presumably has everything handed to her and is taken care of day and night she can't do anything on her own uh so i don't think ashley graham should have her own game i think it would be really bad i think it would be a bad game i, I concur yeah my only reservation about having Garrus be the main character of the game is that he's so good as like I said earlier like the right hand man yeah that I'd be worried giving his persona uh, or giving the player 
control over his persona. Like if it was an RPG and you made decisions and stuff I can, like that. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Because like he is so good just being what he is. Yeah, he's like scripted and those are the comments he's making and he says them for a reason because he's like funny and smart and intellectual and like a badass sniper. Like those are the, those are why he says those things. So what if what yeah. if in a similar vein how Telltale Games did a Borderlands game? What if they did a Mass Effect game with Garrus as the main character? Because at the end of the day, mm. a lot of the stuff you decide doesn't really change the outcome of the game. It might just change who survives to the end, depending on the game style. But what do you think about that? I'd be I'd be open to it. You can you can tell Telltale. I'm open to it. All right, I'll let them know. We can tell Telltale. <laughs> I have a I have a can attached by yarn that actually goes right to Telltale Studios. I can't believe we had oh, that much interesting. yarn. Well, thanks to all those donations. All right, so I got to give my reason as to why Victor Sullivan would be good in his own game. Um, and I'll go back to how I mentioned how he taught Nathan Drake how to do what he ended up be, being able to do as an adult. So I would love to do like a prequel to the uncharted series where you control a young victor sullivan a like young, getting his yeah. start in the oh, thievery game cool. i think it'd be great because the time frame would be the you know the earlier days so the weapons wouldn't be too complex which is nice it's it's kind of it's kind of comforting to go to like some of those throwbacks like um where you don't have to worry about these outrageous advancements in weapons that's why i was very yeah, satisfied with call like of duty went back to like world war ii as opposed to this outrageous fu- futuristic bullshit so with throwing it back in a time frame with Victor Sullivan. His depth is amazing. His interactions with other characters are fantastic. When he's on the screen, you actually listen to what he's saying. So I would love to know more about his earlier days. The, the Just the shit that he would have seen because he's got all these crazy stories and he knows all this wisdom. Like He knows when to tell Nate. Maybe we should think twice about this. Of course, Nate disregards everything he says, but I would love to have seen the things that he would have witnessed that made him kind of have that thought yeah, process as yeah. he got older i think it'd be a great time i think it would be an interesting because it would be essentially continuing uncharted it would just be in a different time frame and it'd be with a different lead yeah i think I it'd like be the, i like your idea of him being younger let's let's you know what we should probably when we send this podcast out let's tweet at naughty dog play hey got an idea for you how about an uncharted prequel with young victor sullivan i'm sure they've never thought of that no they probably haven't yeah i think at the end of the day most compelling most uh easily accessible like easily accessed as a lead in a game would definitely be victor sullivan yeah he's great even in his old form i respect that man well folks let us know who some of your favorite supporting characters are email us tweet us find us on discord let's get on with the show time for some patch notes for patch notes 2.28.18 steve why don't you kick it off all right this is for all of you playstation fans out there matt i know i'm talking to you Huge particularly playstation fan this was actually on the blog.us.playstation.com website uh this was posted by james hallahan and it was talking about the marked ps plus lineup which is fantastic it's headlined by bloodborne and ratchet and clank two fantastic games this is actually like i talked to, to you about earlier manny this is going to be my time where i actually might give bloodborne another chance yeah do it i've sort of froze my I've paused my progress on that a bit just because I got caught up in a bunch of other things, but you should definitely play it. So I think I might dabble with that, but I'm definitely going to dabble in Ratchet and Clank. I'm excited for that. But within this news post, they also mention that starting next March, so March 8th, 2019, 
they will no longer offer PS3 and PS Vita games for free on PS Plus. They go on to say that many of our fans are playing on the PS platform with the increasingly vast number of PS4s and homes around the world. We'll continue to prioritize the benefits you receive through your PS Plus memberships, such as online multiplayer, online game save storage, PS4 monthly games, and exclusive PS Store discounts across content and network services. And then also in a GameSpot article written by Tamor Hussein, they mentioned that PlayStation confirmed to GameStop that they're not going to make up the difference. So they're not going to basically how right now there's six games for free going from PS4 to PS3 to PS Vita to PSVR. They're not going to make up the difference in those games that won't be there with more PS4 games. It's still going to be just two PS4 games a month, which I think is kind of a drag. Um, I was kind of hoping they'd at least up it to three because if you're taking all that stuff away, because people still have PS3s, they still have PS Vitas. I know that the PS Vita wasn't huge. It wasn't a great success, but there are there is a market out there. So I know that if people are paying, you know, 60 bucks a year, which in the grand scheme of things isn't that much for a PS Plus, that's how it's always been justifiable to pay for it because you get all these free games. But it is kind of a bummer that, they're not going to at least like say yeah we'll throw you a bone we'll give you like another free game on top of it mostly because there are some months where they'll release games that's just like eh, like those aren't like i don't think anybody would play them there's some times where you're just looking at it, it's like that's nothing that would interest just about in, like just about anybody how much right. is a uh, microsoft's service for the xbox game pass yeah how much is that is it ten dollars a month, a right? month? Yeah. i think it's ten bucks a month I feel like you get more with that one. You get Sea of Thieves. You do get Sea of Thieves, which is yeah. a, which is worth it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like PlayStation closing those services. I mean, that's to me that sounds like the beginning of sunsetting the PS3, and like we said, maybe even thinking about a PS5. I think that actually points way more towards they are definitely yeah. on the verge of talking about PS5 because if they are trying to basically say, you know what, we're not really gonna focus much of any support on ps3 and ps Vita anymore our eyes are to the current console ps4 and moving forward and i think that screams volumes that it's going to be we're going to get a ps5 announcement in a couple years nice man well i'm again like we talked about last week playstation exciting times for us uh what do you what do you got matt you got updated uh, uh uh microsoft word patches coming up for you ha I mean, Microsoft Word is the best word text editing software out there. So it is. Okay. He's not wrong. <laughs> Sony's text editing software cannot compete. You're not. You're definitely. I don't not think wrong. they have it. P five. It's gonna be a P5, text editor. Uh, <laughs> that's all it is. P five text it's not editor. It's not a. It's not yeah. a video game system. It's just a word processor. Exactly. <laughs> uh, next up on patch notes, some Death Stranding news. Ooh. Very exciting. Uh, this is from IGN. Death Stranding. Troy Baker and Emily O'Brien join cast. Hideo Kojima's Death Stranding features some big names from film and TV, and they'll be joined by veteran video game actor Troy Baker and writer and actress Emily O'Brien. Uh, this is coming from an in- Instagram post that um, Emily O'Brien posted with her, uh, with herself and Norman Reedus and Troy Baker, uh, with the caption, "Honored to be working alongside these two fine lads on Hideo Kojima's new project, Death Stranding." So. For those that live under a rock and are unfamiliar with Troy Baker, uh, Troy Baker is the voice of Joel from The Last of Us, and he's also the voice 
uh, Revolver Ocelot from Hideo Kojima's own Metal Gear series. So it's really exciting. And that... the Joker in Batman Arkham Origins. I didn't know that. Yeah, he did oh, a great that's job. That's very cool. It's cool that Kojima's going back to people that he's worked with before. Um, I don't know too much about, or, or rather, I didn't know too much about Emily O'Brien. Um, she's done some writing. She's She was an actress in a very long-running uh, daytime soap which is kind of funny. Oh. Uh, yeah. Which so, one? Like, that's interesting. The Young and the Restless. The Young and the Restless. Oh my yeah. God, that's so funny. Um, and so now she's going to be a part of what is surely to be one of the most artistically trippy video game releases in our adulthood. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Obviously, I've been looking forward to Death Stranding since forever, and I feel like it's, it's been gaining some momentum behind it. So yeah, just, just some exciting news coming out of that camp. And um also sort of uh partnered with the news coming out of konami that is the the burning dumpster fire did you see the uh the nice jab they took at the konami people like the guys who worked on the game they spelled out in like the first initials of every of like a bunch of the names that were all like they were in like like, this dossier yeah, and it was uh, and it's KJP out. forever. And then they two people who were killed in action. Their first names were the like the, the director, the producer, and, there, yeah. and the director. Yeah, it was uh, bastard Yoda and cunning Yoji or or whatever the guy's name was. Either yeah, way, those so. guys who did that will probably be fired from Konami, but I'm sure they'll be working on Death Stranding like now. <laughs> they'll get picked up real soon. Yeah. So just exciting things come out of coming out of Kojima Land. That beautiful, beautiful man. I love Kojima. Uh, I love his Twitter. If you guys don't follow Kojima on Twitter, you guys have to do it. It's so good. It's like today he tweeted out a picture of just like old timey cars and like the snow and just goes, OMG. OMG. Yeah. I think that was actually a reference to, to police knots. It probably was. The the cover of police knots looks exactly the same. Yeah. And he just, which made me think he might be working on police knots, but he's never know. He's he's such a shady guy. You never know what he's doing, but we love him. We do love him. We love him. Uh, so Matt, what do you got for us? Patch notes, close it out. All right. So for my patch notes, the ESRB has announced that for any video game that has a uh, cash purchase that you can make via the in-game menu, there's going to be a label on the actual game box. So I imagine this would probably go like on the front or the back of the box usually like right you know right. you see the rating it'll it'll have to include this m for mature right lb yeah, yeah. for loot boxes yeah <laughs> well it's not just loot boxes it's any in-game purchases that you can make for real money oh um, so you mean it's going to be on every game for the rest of eternity right yeah so the language of the label it will say uh in-game purchases so that's all it's, it'll say that in-game purchases that's so, so nondescript it is so nondescript what the erc ESRB is saying is that that uh, is just alerting parents to the fact that if they buy this game for their kids, their kids could end up purchasing things right. through the, the in-game menu. So, yeah. So, what, well, whether those are like keys or loot boxes or whatever, armor. Whatever, yeah. Your kids um, might be spending your Your money kids might shit. be spending your money. And so I did a little reading today and via a Forbes article written by uh, Paul Tassi and a Polygon article written by Owen Good. What I actually didn't know which uh, was explained to me in the articles is that the ESRB 
was created by the Entertainment Software Association, also called ESA, basically uh, for the video game industry as an act of self-regulation, which came out of the 90s uh, when there was like panic over violent video games corrupting our youth. So the ESRB is acting in the best interests of video game companies. So that's why this is so soft, why it's just like yeah, an in-game purchases label. And I think it's in response to what a lot of parents and a lot of uh, and, and a lot of what consumers have been saying, especially in the last like eight to ten months, right? Right. It's, it's all like, about loot boxes. Yeah, and it's essentially preying on people who are misinformed or underinformed, or who are have an addictive personality, and just like they would be addicted to gambling, they are addicted to buying loot boxes, and that's why, in my mind, they should be comparable and regulated more intensely. Right. I just don't see how throwing another label on a video game box is going to stop people from buying it's, loot yeah. boxes because i guarantee you the parents who are buying these games don't they're not gonna know what that means like i think the most i think most of the time like parents just look for the m like if, if they're if they have a younger kid they're just gonna look to see if it says m because if it says m then they know i'm not gonna buy it for that kid if even they're doing that you That's know what i mean like point. a lot of parents will see the label they'll see that it says m for mature and they'll fucking buy GTA Five for their eight-year-old. They'll buy it for their fourteen-year-old. And it might be reasonable too, because they might have a good enough relationship with their kid where they know they're not emulating what they do in a video game in real life. Like my parents bought me, you know, Metal Gear Solid. They bought me Grand Theft Auto, and it's because they yeah. trusted me not to be a fucking idiot. So I proved them cars. right. Like I proved them right. Yeah. Like I never did anything to make them think that I shouldn't be playing those video games. Yeah, I don't know. I think it, it is a really soft move, and I think it's an appeasement move, right? It's like we're doing something. Yeah, Things exactly. Changing, right. Oh, sure. Um, it's for them to so say, to, to "Oh, look, look at us! Look at the video game industry. We're we're doing something. We're, we're putting a label yeah. on it." But um, I mean, Rep Lee, I think his first name's Chris, Chris Lee in Hawaii. He's still he's pushing for some laws, uh, really against loot boxes so we'll see we'll see what happens because that's the only way you'll ever see any change on it because of course if gaming companies can get away with it they're always going to try to make as much money as they possibly can you really can't blame them it's capitalism it's how the entire country's built so if they're going to go that route you don't have to be the one who constantly goes out and pays for all those things like i know we've talked about it because i have i've said multiple times like i purchased you know a package in battlefield 4 so i could unlock all the assault rifles but that's different than just paying money for a loot box where you have no idea what the fuck you're going to get out of that. Right, it's a random chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah there's, and there have been some people saying, like, put the drop rates on the box next to the label. Put the chances, Yeah, you know, which yeah. might deter some people, I don't know. Yeah, but, I think Over, didn't Overwatch release theirs? Yeah, they released yeah. them, yeah. Honestly, but, that's a good, that's at least a better move than we'll throw a label on the game. No one's yeah. looking at that. So, yeah, give us, like, our odds. What are our chances of paying? You know, if I paid 10 bucks yeah. for this loot box, what are the chances I get anything worth $10? Yeah, man. Um, well, thanks for that piece, Matt. Yep. And with that, folks, that is Patch Notes, where we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke. Let us know if you've heard anything that we missed, and we'll get back to you. So before we close it out, we just want to end it with some community stuff. So, Steve, I heard we have a voicemail. Yes, this is from my coworker Matt, good friend, gamer. Triple Matt. Avid gamer. He was Triple a PC Matt. gamer, but then he switched to PS4 because he saw the light. So, he's got a little voicemail about Kingdom Come Deliverance. So, let's listen to it, see what he has to say. What's up, Omber Gaming? Uh, this is Kingy1000, my friend of Steve's, with a little poetic review of Kingdom Come Deliverance so far. Breath of fresh air. 
riding my horse, with the wind in my hair. A young peasant named Henry, lacking of ability. I'll grow him to a man, perhaps with civility. <laughs> a jaunt to the town, to sell some old boots. I hope to bump into a bandit, and take all his loot. I befriended a noble, Sir Hans Capon. Tomorrow we hunt, I'll meet him at dawn. But for now we relax, and head to the baths. He'll get naked and drunk, and I'll steal all his crap. There's a wench outside town, Teresa by name. She seems kind and flirty. I hope that we bang. You could say I'm immersed and fairly impressed. But to say any more, I'll need to see the rest. Think before you purchase. It's not for every guy. Patience is required. Do not impulse buy. See you guys. That was so good. That was awesome. Matt, thank you so you much. A poetic for easily one of the best voicemails we've ever had that's fantastic that is really we could we could never write a review for kingdom come deliverance that would ever be nearly as good as that poem right there absolutely we might have to post that as its own audio clip on the website i think we're going to have to i'll ask him tomorrow Uh, at work if he's cool with that i'm sure he will because i don't even know what to say in response to it because i don't i don't know much about the game i do have a couple things because this actually stemmed um so I saw that he was playing Kingdom Come Deliverance, and I've heard a lot about it. I heard it's like a you know a, a really good open world experience, but it's you know very strict to the historical background of Bohemia in that yeah, time, yeah. and it's also difficult. It um, yeah it doesn't like, explain it, much to you, is what I've heard. Exactly, there's not much explanation, and then it, there's no magic element. It's literally like you take this guy, as he said in the poem, Henry. He's a pe- he's a peasant, and you have to basically. Yeah train him to be a fighter and everything like that so like you have to think about everything you do where it's not like skyrim where you see somebody getting attacked by wolves or something you go help them because you can just save it or you walk away you can walk away because in kingdom come deliverance you have to either save it by drinking a drink called like saver schnapps or you could you have to go to bed in your own bed so you actually you actually have to think about those things like think if you haven't saved in two hours and you see that person who's running away from the, the muggers. Are you going to go help them? You're like, no, I haven't saved in two hours. I kind of want to go lay on my bed so I can make sure I don't yeah. lose two hours of the progress. I did see that they're talking, like Warhorse Studios is talking about making a patch where if you um, you can save every time you quit, so that way it'll, okay, yeah. it'll help yeah. people keep their progress and be a little less unforgiving in that aspect. But it really looks interesting to me. Like I like the aspect where... Yeah, it is kind of like figure it out. Like the the quest line seems awesome, like, and there's actual meaning behind picking up resources. Like you need food to sustain yourself. Like you need to make sure when you go on a trip that you pack enough food, like cooked food, to sustain right. yourself for that trip. So I think elements like that are really interesting to me. It's almost like it took what Metal Gear Survive was trying to do and actually made a good game out of it. But that was a yeah, fantastic Matt, thanks poem. For, thanks for calling in, dude. <laughs> that was wonderful great. poem. Was Thank you. Um, and finally, folks. The community shout out this week goes to our good friend Toot Loot Riot, aka Richard. We love you, buddy. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep being awesome. You oh, can find Richard, Richard at twitch.tv/slash Toot Loot Riot. That's T O O T L O O T R I O T. So check him out, guys. He streams uh, all sorts of things. Um, he's fantastic. Yeah, he's and got he usually streams. Personality. He usually streams during the day too, which is great for those of us who go to work but can watch something while we're working for sure or like over lunch or whatever yeah so yeah check them out to loot you're the best keep doing 
awesome, awesome shit. So with that, folks, that's the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to give us a call and share your thoughts. That number is 347-509-5620. We would love to hear from you. And as always, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we appreciate you. And we will talk to you very soon. Sing along, we're going to party. Fiesta. Karamu. Together. Fiesta. Karate. Forever. Forever. <laughs> Karate. Karamu. Manny and I started singing all night long. All night. All night. All night long. All night. All night long. Mambo Jumbo. Hey, Mambo Jumbo. That better, that has to be the outro. We put so much effort into that. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to steal this song.